Sports and energy, the two things go together. And Zipper Zeppa is one of the people in St. Louis sports history that brought energy to sports. If you don't remember Zip in the 1980s and 90s, he was one of the most energetic people on all of television, and he was a sportscaster. And uh, for young Benjamin Hockman here, he was an influence in my life because at the end of the day, sports are fun, and he found the fun in sports and got people like myself and probably you listening to Host Ravioli into sports and the excitement of it. So we are honored today to have on Host Ravioli, Zip Rosepa, how are you, Zip? <laughs> hey, Benjamin, I'm great. And don't attempt to uh, explain your brain damage and blame it on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be a much, much saner person if it wasn't for watching the newscasts every night. So, Zip, I appreciate you joining us here. It's fun to hear your voice. Um, I, I think it'd be it'd be great just to jump into the, the glory days and, and, and the best memories. Um, why did you approach the sports cast with such energy? Well, I just thought sports should be fun. Sports is fun. It's not the end of the world. It's not terrorism. It's not death and dying and war and all kinds of things. Sports should be fun. It should be entertaining. It should be a release for people. So I thought, let's get excited about it. I always was excited when I played sports and grew up watching sports. And I always thought, man, let's just uh, bring the excitement to the people. Yeah, and I think a lot of the people, especially the younger people listening right now, don't realize that in the 70s and into the 80s, a lot of TV was very formulaic and, and it was just kind of like speaking to the camera and, and kind of getting through it. And I read an anecdote about how you kind of uh, made a, a break onto the scene by showing some personality. Uh, can you share with our listeners what happened when you chose Miami to win the Super Bowl against Washington in 1982? <laughs> I was working in Boston at Channel 7 at the time, and uh, Bill O'Reilly was the news anchor, and I was the sports guy, and I uh, predicted that uh, Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins would, in no uncertain terms, defeat the Washington Redskins and John Riggins. Well, if you remember back, Riggins kind of ran all over the Dolphins, and uh, <laughs> my prediction went awry. So I had to atone for that, I had to account for that on the evening sportscast, and um O'Reilly was giving me some stuff. He was saying, hey, what happened to that prediction? And I said, I know, Bill, I know. Boy, I have egg on my face. And I took a raw egg out <laughs> from under the desk and smashed it on my forehead <laughs> on live television. <laughs> what, what was the reaction with everybody in the studio? Well, the, uh, the woman co-anchor was shrieking. Uh, the cameramen were on the floor laughing. And uh, O'Reilly was throwing me a towel. So, That's great. I love it. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah. But, you know, that, that incident went far beyond uh, what I thought it would. I was doing all kinds of crazy things at the time. And I just thought, well, here's another one. Yeah. But uh, both the uh, Boston Herald and the Boston Globe clobbered me for being unprofessional. Wow. There was all kinds of uh, letters being written back in the day at the television station, whether people liked it or didn't like it. And the tape of that wound up in the esteemed Missouri School of Journalism Whoa. at Mizzou. Uh, and people were telling me that the professor was filling it and saying, now, what do you think of that? Is that wow. good? Is that bad? Is that uh, what we should be doing? We should not be doing? What do you think of that? And That's fascinating. <laughs> I hear people in class talk about how they were using that as an example of 
craziness and uh, what should or shouldn't be done in the television sports cast. Yeah, well, as an alum of the University of Missouri School of Journalism and knowing that a lot of the great sports broadcasters over the past decades have come out of the school, hopefully some of them saw that and that influenced them in a positive way, say, hey, I can splash some personality uh, into the sports broadcast. And, and, and sure enough, you yourself ended up in our state of Missouri. How did you, uh, how did you end up from Boston to St. Louis, Zip? That's an interesting story. By the way, I hope none of those uh, esteemed students at uh, Mizzou's journalism school smashed eggs on their face. But uh, anyway. <laughs> They'd be stealing um, your act. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> come up with your own right. stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I was in Boston working with O'Reilly, and we both got fired together. We were hired and fired together. Nothing okay. untoward. It was just uh, uh, we were colorful personalities. A new guy came in who liked vanilla. And you can imagine how uh, Bill O'Reilly's colorful commentaries and Zipper Zepa's antics and sports casting <laughs> didn't go over too well with that guy. <laughs> so we were both on the beach looking for work, and uh, I got a call from Channel 2 in St. Louis and uh, flew out, took a look at the place, and they made me an offer, and I accepted. So uh, I came to St. Louis in 1984, and i got to be honest with you, Benjamin, I was terrified when I got here. Really? Just terrified. Yeah. Well, when I got the job in Boston, they put me up at the uh, Long Wharf Marriott Hotel overlooking Boston Harbor in a suite. When I got the job in Boston, when I got here, I found out they put me up in the um, a room at the uh, Howard Johnson's Motor Lodge off I-44. <laughs> Is this a temporary position? I thought. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a, a, you're, you're, I, I can only imagine what that location was was like. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you decided to take the gig. You took the gig. Right, right. So I take the gig and I'm sitting in my Howard Johnson's Motor Lodge hotel room and I flip on the, the channels to watch my competition. Sure. And again, I'm terrified. I'm watching these guys and they're like, sitting there looking nice in a suit they're reading golf scores and and i'm going man these guys are like boring sure. and i go i'm crazy <laughs> and i'm thinking but if this is what st louis is used to i don't know if this is going to get going to work i just got fired in boston if i get fired this mess gig i'll be in uh, anchorage alaska covering sled dog racing or right something. so <laughs> I, I was just really afraid that uh it might not work but it was uh when you look like me, Benjamin, you, you got to be different. And that was the only way I knew how to do it, and I thought, I'll just hope and pray that it works here in St. Louis. Story of my life, too. Zip, what is your real first name? My real first name is Christopher. Okay. So, uh, and when did? And I never objected to it. Sure. But um, I was a high school football quarterback in Detroit, back in my hometown of Detroit, um, and I had a rifle arm. I fired the ball to the wide receivers, and mm -hmm. uh, the school newspaper decided I should be called Zip Rizepa for throwing the ball with a lot of zip on it. Oh, that's fantastic! And, um, Gosh, that's so. A I became line. Zip a long time ago. You know, as a, as a sports columnist for the Post Dispatch, it's been my. Um dream slash goal slash um, mountain to climb in regards to creating nicknames for St. Louis athletes. And my batting average is as low as Dexter Fowler's right now when it comes to coming up with creative nicknames. And uh, the guys in the press box and the people on Twitter ridicule me. But I'm going to stay the course, and I'm going to come up with at least <laughs> one nickname in St. Louis uh, before I retire. Um, so, so then so you were at Channel 2 to start out. Um, right. I remember you from Channel 4. How may I ask? How did the transition go there? Well, uh, it was good. It was uh, I was at Channel Two for four years, 
And uh, I was fortunate enough to have a uh, bidding war for my services in 1988 wow. after four years between two, four, and five. And um, it was pretty heady stuff. They all made me offers, and I signed uh, what was the largest local TV contract ever. It was a five-year, no-cut, guaranteed deal with a huge signing bonus. Wow. And uh, Channel 4 won the battle, and I switched over to Channel 4. Gosh, you – I mean – Everyone thought Bob Horner was the big signing that year. Really, it was Zippa Zeppa. Man, oh, man. So um, tell the folks that don't know, and I, and we have, the, the cool thing about hosted ravioli is, and with the response I get is, we have such a variety of ages. So there's people listening now that, of course, remember you, and then there's people that are learning about you right now while listening. Can you uh, tell them what the Zippo Awards were? Yeah, the Zippo Awards were something we created on Friday night, and it was uh, the intro was, it's time for the Zippo Awards for the best, the worst, and the weirdest performances in the wild and wacky, wonderful world of sports. <laughs> and what uh, proceeded from there were clips of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly in sports, great catches, guys muffing grounders. Uh, we ended up throwing in mascots, and eventually it evolved or devolved into water skiing squirrels and <laughs> animal acts and guys on trampolines and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and the music but it was every was Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the music was uh, Rupert Red by Billy Joel. He uh, yeah. recorded that in 1981. Not many people know about it because it was an instrumental. It wasn't mm. one of Billy Joel's top sellers or anything, but yeah. it worked for us uh, for the uh, background music. Say it again. What was the name of the song? Root Beer Rag. Okay, yeah, I, I really like it. You can that. Google it. Yeah. Great so, piano tune. Yeah, so we, um, basically, the theme here on the show, because we were talking uh, before the podcast about the different people we've had on, and uh, Guy Phillips, who uh, basically stole Freeze Frame by the Jay Giles Band and made it the theme song to DB's Delight, and then here you are with uh, with a Billy Joel song uh, on, on on the Zippos. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I, I wonder if Billy Joel knew that he his uh, his song was, was part of such lore here in St. Louis. <laughs> Haven't heard from Billy Joel, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see the song worked. I'll send him a, um, I'll send him a text. Um, so let me ask you, who were some of your favorite St. Louis sports personalities uh, to be around uh, while you were working? Well, it was fun to meet uh, some, some of the giants of the broadcasting industry yeah. when I came to St. Louis. Bob Costas and Dan Deardorff were working here, and Jay Randolph, all these people that I'd seen on national TV before. So uh, that was nice to be in the same town with all of them. Sure. Jack Buck, of course, yeah. uh, in the broadcasting world. Um, but the sports scene was so great. I came in 1984. So I was here for the World Series in 85 and 87, and covering the running Redbirds of Whitey Herzog was just such a thrill. Those teams were so unique, with yeah. Vince Coleman stealing 100 bases three years in a row, and Ozzie Smith in his prime, and uh, all the other, uh, you know, it was such a unique offense, because they only had one power hitter, Jack Clark, sure. but everybody could steal bases. I mean, you had Terry Pendleton and yeah. Tommy Herr and Ozzie and Willie and um, Jose Vince Coleman and... Yeah, he had the secret weapon. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. What it was fun, fun teams. Yeah, yeah, you came at the exact right time to cover, uh, like I like that word, it's a unique brand of baseball. We hadn't really seen it before, and we sure don't see it anymore in, in the game. The the thing, you mentioned the, the, the personalities and the Jack Bucks and the Randolphs and everybody. Uh, 
and because because you, you in a good way you were different and i think even today as as sports journalism changes like and something i deal with and my colleagues deal with is like is like how do we approach reporting the news and also being part of the storytelling, but not being the story, if you will. And as, as a sports columnist, I, I deal with that every day because I feel like a lot of people are, are reading our stuff uh, because they want my take or my personality splashed on the story. But I also want to pull back and make sure I don't you know, overtake the actual story itself. And I know for you, I'm sure it must have been a fine line uh, covering these great athletes, but doing so with such energy and excitement, but making sure they remain the story. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, perfectly so. And I think uh, you accomplish uh, what you had to accomplish very well, Benjamin. I oh, love thanks. reading your stuff because oh, you put yourself into it. I mean, it's like I'm your buddy and you're hanging around with all these athletes and <laughs> you're telling us what you think and everything. It's great. Yeah. I, I really love that kind of uh, that kind of writing. And wow, yes, I, I incorporate a lot of that in uh, in what we're doing in our coverage of sports. Um, but again, I, I thought sports always should be entertaining. So uh, I always felt if I couldn't break, get a chuckle or two out of uh, the anchors in, in the uh, audience <laughs> in my sports cast, I thought, man, I really haven't done my job. You yeah, know, yeah. sports should be fun. Sports should be fun. People ask me all the time, what is my favorite uh, sporting event I ever went to? And sometimes I, I, I don't know the answer. There's, in a good way, there's been so many. So I will ask you the same awkward, uh, tongue-tying question. W- was there one moment in sports that you were at, and it might not have even been St. Louis-related, that was your favorite sports moment? Uh well, like you, I've had many, many, many great sports moments. Uh, I would say David Freeze, the David Freeze game, Game Six, the World yeah. Series in 2011. I was there. Uh, I wasn't working, wasn't in the press box or anything. I was just a fan in the stands, and uh, to see the Cardinals down to their last strike twice, and then see David Freeze win it in extra innings with the home run to the grassy knoll in center <laughs> field, it was just uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that we're talking about nicknames. Uh, that's the one I'm. I'm I, I think I might have a chance of doing. I'm trying to have that called Freeze's Lawn. Freeze's Lawn out there. In, in <laughs> I like it. Thank you. I Thank like you. it. Maybe my batting. The other one that was memorable would be Kurt Warner and the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Again, after yeah. I left the business and wasn't a, a reporter or anything, I was just a fan. But mm-hmm. what a storybook story. Kurt yeah. Warner and the Rams going from such a lousy team for all those years to winning the Super Bowl. It was it, just incredible. It was unbelievable. I hope I hope fans realize how how special that was what a time uh that was for st louis sports fans uh zip uh your career is 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 part of uh many people's here in you know like passed down if you will uh many people in sports today here in st louis but you are no longer doing sports uh your career path has been fascinating and uh, and can you just explain to everybody uh your calling and and what you're up to today yeah, sure. I, I burned out a TV. I did it for 19 years in five cities at six different television stations. Worked till midnight or later every night of my life because I was always doing the late sports cast. Yeah. And uh, after a while, I just didn't have a life. And I said, man, I love this job. I, I love it. I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. I love every minute of it. But I'm getting off at midnight every night and uh, going to bed at two in the morning and waking up and everybody's already gone to work and I have no social life, no family life, no nothing. And uh, I just just said, man, it's enough of this. So I got out and um, was called to a spiritual path. I began to serve and uh, began doing not-for-profit work. And uh, since that time, I uh, 
have been a vice president of MERS Goodwill Industries, the executive director of the St. Vincent de Paul Society, uh, managing director of Angels Arms, helping foster kids in dire situations. And then uh, in 2012, I formed a uh, publishing company to write, print, publish, and distribute books and tapes and podcasts to uh, evangelize the Catholic faith. I'm a devout Catholic, and uh, we're doing that now and uh, continuing that work. How is how is religion uh shaped your your adult life well i i just it was a deepening of my uh, personal spirit ex, uh, spiritual experience you know i came to realize that the most important things in the world uh we're not balls and strikes and victories and championships and uh, covering sports events. That mm-hmm. God is more important than all of those. God is infinite. And uh, uh, as I grew in my love for Him, I just uh, took it, had a different perspective on life. Yeah, that's very fascinating. And and I I had read something that about you uh, where you were literally on the streets um, meeting people who it sounds like were not in good shape and and. Uh, I don't know if you can if you can help me out here ex- explain what you were doing because that is a fascinating and noble thing. Well, I had the privilege of working with uh, many people one-on-one with uh, physical and mental disabilities uh, and the homeless when I was with St. Vincent de Paul. Um, so it was just seeing the Lord and other people and serving Him in them. Uh, I think we're all called to do that in one way or another. Uh, I was called to do it in a way that I never expected and never envisioned. Uh, but working with people with disabilities and the homeless just really changed my perspective on life. It truly, truly did. I can only imagine. Yeah. So what um, what part of the uh, the area do you live in now? Are you still in the area, correct? Yep, I'm still in the area. I'm in Ellisville, okay. beautiful Ellisville. Sure. And... Um, Love it out here. I've lived in so many different places. I used to live at the Point Four Hundred building right across the parking lot from Bush Stadium. I was there for three or four years, which oh, was wow. very convenient for sports events. Yeah, uh, I've lived down in Jefferson County. I've been uh, all over the place and uh, loved every place I've lived, apartments, houses, whatever, <laughs> sure. and I uh, uh, love the St. Louis area. So what what was the Point Four Hundred building? I mean, I know where it is, but it was what was one- it like? What was what was it? What was that scene like? Well, it was kind of crazy because Dave Checkett's, uh had the entire 13th floor when he was uh, the owner of the Blues. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so that was kind of a sure. – they have him in there. And then there were always a number of Cardinals. I think there still are the young guys who uh, are not married who rent uh, apartments in there uh, during the season. You yeah. know, and they yeah. have the season. They're going back to Florida or California or where they're from. But uh, they just uh, have a convenient place to walk across the ballpark to go to work every day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when I was there, uh, Rick Ann Keel was living there and John Jay and uh, Matt Adams and all these guys. And a few people knew that these guys were living right across the street from the ballpark. Yeah. There they were. You'd see them in the elevator and say, hey, uh, nice game last night. Right, right, right. And I don't don't know the answer to this, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. So is is the address of the building actually 400, but they put a point 400 like a bad? average right right the the idea was that that's uh you know the cream of the crop 0.400 because it's so difficult to hit 400 sure and if you look at the top of the building there's a big decimal point and it's 0.400 yeah yeah well that's that's what they call it gosh if if, uh to make another uh adequate batting average joke if they were going to do it for the cardinals this year it should be (laughs) 0.200 
Gotcha. <laughs> right. Gotcha, right. Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, Man, they got to score some runs. You're it right. is, yeah, it is getting frustrating. And, uh, every start seems to be better than the next one. Each starting pitcher dealing, and, and they can't find ways to win. Um, but uh, it's a long summer, a long journey, and, and who knows, maybe the birds will turn it around. Zippa Zeppa joining us here on Hosted Ravioli. Uh, my final question for you, Zip, uh, when, when you look back uh, at your time uh, in, the, in the heyday of sports here in St. Louis, do you have any regrets? Um, no, not really. I really uh, I left the business on my own and um, made the decision to get out. I loved every minute of being in it. From 1984 to 1995, I was on the air doing the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock sports and the Sunday night show, and uh, uh, it was just great. Great to uh, bring sports uh, to life on TV and have some fun with it, and uh, it's a very rewarding uh, part of my life. Well, I know you inspired me and other young journalists from this area to to bring energy and excitement into covering sports, and uh, and your legacy in that regard uh, shows up in newsprints and sportscasts all over the Midwest. So I hope I hope you know that. Well, praise be to God for that. And uh, Benjamin, keep up the great work. Love uh, the color that you bring to the uh, sports scene and uh, uh, in the podcasts and uh, the two Bens and the column and everything you do. Thanks, man. Hey, this, is, this has been an honor for me. And for those listening, thank you so much for joining us on this journey here on today's Hosted Ravioli. Be sure to spread the word of Hosted Ravioli. We're on Twitter, of course, at believe this or not, hosted Ravioli. And go to all the podcasts on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, of course, stltoday.com slash podcast, stltoday.com slash podcast. You'll find a smorgasbord of uh, delightful entertainment and insightful stuff on there. Uh, if you have any suggestions for uh, for guests on hosted Ravioli, like Zip mentioned, we've had, we've had some fun ones so far. Uh, I mentioned Guy Phillips, Becky, the Queen of Carpets, Ken Wilson, Oh baby! <laughs> and uh, and any any more anybody has to suggest, uh, please send them my way at Hosted Ravioli. And of course, we're on iTunes. Subscribe, 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 and uh, rate and review. Tell me uh, how great the podcast is, or just be honest and tell me how adequate the podcast is. Anything you got, we'd love to get your reviews. Thank you again to Zipper Zeppa, and we will be coming to you with some more fun Hosted Raviolis here from the St. Louis Post Dispatch network.